Hello, it's AJ, and welcome back to the D Plus Club. As always, I'll be bringing you the latest news and rumours in the world of Disney Plus. I'll be covering what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney streaming service in the US and over here in the UK. And of course, well, usually we have a weekly movie club where I give you an overview of the movie along with some facts and possibly some goofs as well. In the last show, we covered the movie Inside Out, which is one of my favourite Pixar films. That episode, along with all previous episodes, is available now on all major podcasting platforms, including whichever one you're listening on right now. And for this past movie, we've been watching The Princess Diaries. Now, I will be getting back to that one a little bit later in the show, but before I want to, before I get into the show, let's say, I wanted to address the elephant in the room and just discuss where I've been for this past couple of weeks because if you don't follow me over on social media you may not know what's been going off really I I kind of put a vague announcement out a couple of weeks back and then I did a proper announcement last week and anyway let, let me go into it a little bit more so my grandma uh like my last remaining grandparent actually uh was actually taken suddenly into hospital whilst on holiday in the north of the country like three hours away um she was taken into hospital suddenly after suffering quite a massive stroke and we were basically told look it's going to happen anytime she won't be with you for very long and because it was like three hours away and things like that they were saying look she won't survive a trip back to your local hospital so my dad, my, my auntie went up, my uncle flew over from Bali. Uh, he unfortunately wasn't able to make it to the hospital in time, but a few days after she was taken into hospital, she did actually unfortunately pass away. And it's it's hit me a lot harder than I think I realised it probably would do. And I just had to take some time to be able to try and process things in my own head. And even now, I'm, I'm still struggling. I'm still, there's a lot of things that are constantly running through my head and when you lose a relative, when you lose anyone really, it kind of makes you reflect a little bit on life and how, how short life can really be and the things that you kind of want to do with life and what you want to get out of life and there's a lot of different things. I I, I could go on forever, I'm not going to go into the whole uh, like meaning of life sort of thing here that's a it's a subject that someone else would have to tackle it's it's not for me to be able to get into but I've had a lot of things to think about let's say and I wanted to take that time to to spend with family to spend with like my own wife and kids my dad and just just other family members and friends just that I, 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 people like that can help me process things sorry I'm just stumbling over my words to be able to get these sorts of things out but to yeah, let's just say I needed the time. I'm back again this week. I will be off again next week. I'm going to preface this before I get to the end of the show. I will be off again next week because it's actually going to be my son's birthday weekend, so we're going to be taking him out and doing some things and this, that, and the other. So even though I'm back this week, there's going to be a two-week break again <laughs> before the next show. <laughs> I am committed, I swear. It's just that I, I wanted to be able to, again, it's about that f- spending time with family and this, that, and the other. So uh, yeah, I won't be recording next week but that's intended that was always intended this last couple of weeks break wasn't intended and uh yeah i'm back into the swing of things now hopefully i have still been recording the disney 411 news though so over on sorcerer radio you will have been hearing like the latest news from the disney parks just two minutes every day two i think it's twice a day actually but uh yeah i've still been recording that trying to kind of 
keep this sort of routine of recording on a Sunday. So I've still been setting everything up as usual. I've still been recording, but like the the weekend after my grandma had uh, suffered the stroke, I only record two minutes at the end of the day. But that two minute recording took twenty minutes to record because I just kept stumbling over my words. I couldn't. I couldn't even fully form a, a formal sentence when I'm talking to the, the microphone. It was, it was really difficult. Last weekend was a, a lot better, and that's why I did made the decision that this weekend I would come back and just do a normal recording as usual and try and address, like I say, the elephant in the room of where I've been, really. But, uh, yeah, if you want to follow along with those sorts of updates, just, like, brief news, Follow me over on at least Instagram. I post almost everything over on Instagram. This past weekend, I've been posting stories from Star Wars Celebration. I haven't been there, of course. Uh, but I've been posting photos that other people have been putting from Star Wars Celebration and news and things like that. And um, if you follow me over on Instagram, it's just the D plus club. So the word plus all one, all one like string. So the D plus club. And uh, yeah, I'll post loads of different stuff over on there. When I was on holiday last, last year, I posted loads of photos from like the disney parks and stuff so i do have a personal instagram i don't use it as much me and my wife have a running joke that i only post things over on my personal instagram when it's like a major event so when it was our wedding anniversary i posted a photo and uh, just a a brief snippet of like my feelings and this that and the other and then the next photo that i put on was for valentine's day and it was the same photo. So, yeah, I have some photos that I like of uh, me and my wife. And, uh, yeah, that's one of my favourite, if not my like complete favourite. So, uh, yeah. What else have I been doing, though? <laughs> Apart from, uh, like I say, this whole thing with my grandma. Um, I went to London for three days. That was really interesting. It was like an IT conference. I got to be able to speak to loads of different vendors, went to a couple of like sessions and spoke with some people there, spoke to a lot of other people within the industry. I actually got offered like three jobs whilst I was there. Like people who have seen me on LinkedIn and seen the sorts of things I do for the company, they're like, would you mind doing that for us? And I'm like, you're like three hours away. I'm not going to come and work for you. I definitely could not justify doing that sort of but uh, no it was interesting to see that what i'm doing within that sort of community people are taking note of it so no that was really nice to be able to see i did also go to the keynotes that were there as well and i met lee cockerell who was the former like, retired um vice president of walt disney world and i actually got a chance to like speak with him for like 20 minutes he's such an interesting guy if ever you can go to any sort of conference or anything like that where he's giving any kind of speech on leadership or anything like that i highly advise that you go to that because he was so brilliant to be able to listen to and he talked about lots of things he kind of brought into the company as well and a lot of these sorts of things you still see people like just tomorrow like doing today where he will go into the parks he will speak with guests he will even like go on rides lee cockrell said that that was something that he brought into the company before that executives were like hidden away in like doing their own sort of thing but he said on a regular basis at least once a month sometimes more he would go with his family even not like with other executives like you see josh doing he would go into the parks with his family he would experience rides he would experience what other guests are experiencing and that would help him make decisions on 
things that might need changing or make recommendations to other leadership to say, we could do with changing this sort of thing. But also other things like his leadership style of being able to go through and speak with people and like, understand each member of his team. He said that he, he was on first name basis with like his entire team. He could ask about the families and this, that and the other. And it's really interesting to see that sort of methodology that he brought into that role and how he was able to make that kind of like its own little family and that was really really interesting to be able to see i went to a couple of business networking sort of things as well one of them was actually at a theme park it was called gulliver's valley resort it's over in sheffield it's near where i work and i'm not gonna lie it was a little disappointing there is a castle there it's a hotel um and there are some roller coasters it lasted about 30 in fact it was shorter than tron <laughs> so for all those people saying yeah tron's absolutely brilliantly themed but it's really really short gulliver's valley's got nothing on that it's really short and it's not themed at all so yeah i thought that was quite funny i did actually put a, together a video for that for uh, like social media for link for linkedin more specifically let's say so if you want to find that just go over to my linkedin my linkedin is just a dot j dot redfern spell r-e-d-f-e-r-n anyone can follow me over on linkedin i post loads of random things over on linkedin in fact so please feel free to give me a follow over there i post stuff usually two or three times a week if not a little bit more than that i always post photo uh, photos and videos from events that we're attending as well so if you feel, want to follow those sorts of things that i do in my like business life please feel free to go and find me over on linkedin i'll just i'll accept whatever you like join me over there i don't mind um i've been working i went to go and sit to the pub with my uh, very good friend andy just for a good catch-up and this weekend is easter weekend so we've just kind of had like a chill out few days we've just had a like a pajama day today we, yesterday we went out for a walk um we actually had um like my son and daughter's cousin come round. i would like to say he's, he's my nephew but because they're not married he still theoretically is my nephew let's put it that way um it's like my wife's um sister's son but she's not married to like her other half but they've always been together anyway regardless we had him round overnight he wanted to be able to play the new hogwarts game which of course i've been playing i'm like 35 hours into that i don't know how i've got 35 hours into it i think it's because usually on like a sunday evening after i've recorded after the kids are in bed that's kind of like my time to like sit down and play it for a little while occasionally i'll get the chance to play it like during the day like if the kids want to go on their ipads for a bit or if they're playing in the living room and things like that i'll think you know what I'm going to spend a little bit of time on it, but, yeah, I'm like 35 hours into it now. Um, but he came around and he was playing on my wife's playthrough of Hogwarts Legacy. He doesn't know it yet, or he might not, He might now know it, actually, but he was getting a copy of the game and a console today to be able to start, start his own playthrough. But we wanted him to come around and experience it because he's been playing it on uh, PC, and it's not even his own PC, so, like, the person he's been playing with has been, like, trying to, like, take control and, like, interfere, this, that, and the other, and uh, it was good for him just to experience it for himself, and I was able to help out. This is the sort of thing you need to do here. This is the sort of thing you need to do here. So, uh, no, I think he's looking forward to eventually getting his own game, which he might already have by now, but, uh, yeah, it's been a nice weekend. Tomorrow, and I'm going to have to whisper this because I don't know whether my son can hear. They're only upstairs, but tomorrow taking my son to see the new super mario movie and uh, he's been wanting to see it since he saw like the very first trailer and we've said 
I don't know, it's really expensive to be able to go to the cinema, this, that, and the other. We got some free tickets through my bank, and uh, I was able to redeem them at a cinema that's like five minutes down the road. So we're actually taking, well, all four of us are going to the cinema tomorrow to be able to watch the Super Mario movie, Super Mario Brothers movie. And uh, yeah, I think he's going to really enjoy it, but he doesn't know yet. It's going to be a surprise first thing in the morning. This is kind of part of his like birthday treat, let's say. So uh, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. It looks really, really good. So uh, if you're interested in finding out about that in the next show, which is like two weeks away, I will give you a brief review, but it's not going to be like a full in-depth, like this is my thoughts, this is what they could have done better, this, that, and the other. I'll just be like, yeah, it was good, it was bad, or it was okay, or you know you get the idea and uh, that's about it that, that's kind of what i've been up to just trying to spend some time with the family just recover and get my head in the right sort of position let's say and i, I feel like i'm i'm more in that sort of space now but now it's time for the news and similar to when i've been off on other long breaks like when i went to florida last year for example i'm not going to cover absolutely everything i'll try to cover many of the stories of course but i might do them as like short stories much like i do with the 411 news which is more like a title and brief description like the important information that you need to find out and again if you haven't heard that before you can catch that twice daily over on sorcerer radio I want to say that it's at 7 o'clock in the morning and then 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I know it's 7 o'clock in the morning at the very least. Not sure about the other time, but uh, you can catch it over there twice daily throughout the week. But before I want to, want to get into the, like, the shorter stories, I did want to start off with some of the big news from this weekend at Star Wars Celebration, where we've actually got a bunch of Star Wars related news. First off, we got the first full trailer for Ahsoka, which has been confirmed for an August release. I have lost count of the amount of times that I've watched this trailer now. It looks like it is going to be an absolutely brilliant series. There's a lot of Rebels connections. So if you haven't watched Rebels yet, which I haven't, I've seen a few episodes here and there, I would highly advise you checking out Rebels before this series comes on in August. I think that this is going to be one of my like next big like watch-throughs. I'm probably going to... Maybe I might even skip the Clone Wars, you know. I might come back to it. But I might watch Rebels just so I can become familiar with more of these characters. Because a lot... This is basically going to be the live-action Rebels sequel. That, that, at the end of the day, that looks like that's what it's going to be. It's going to feature Ahsoka. It's going to feature Hera. It's going to feature Sabine, Ezra, Chopper. It, I mean, we've even had Zeb pop up in the most recent episode of The Mandalorian. Was it the most recent one? I've kind of lost track of time. I've been keeping up with the episodes, but I've lost track of who's appeared in what episode. But uh, no, I don't think it was the most recent. It was the one before that. But anyway, brilliant episode, by the way, if you get a chance to be able to watch that one. But uh, yeah, if because it's going to be include a lot of these characters i kind of want to get that backstory if you've been listening to the podcast for a while you know i like my backstory and character development and i think i'm going to have to watch rebels to be able to understand a lot of that i have heard some of it from like books for example so in the alphabet squadron book hera is one of like the main characters in that she's not like the main crew let's say but she's like one of the main background characters. So I've been able to become a little bit familiar with her from that respect, like what happened after Return of the Jedi, let's say. But yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to this series, but I do feel like I want to get that like background to many of these characters. Whilst we got to see many of the cast in that trailer, it's actually been announced since then who Thrawn will actually be 
played by. And he's actually going to be played by Lars Mikkelsen, who actually voiced the character in Rebels. So he's now going to be reprising that role in live action. And I'm really looking forward to being able to see the character of Thrawn. I know I've spoken about this a few times. I've actually been listening to the audiobooks quite recently. I've listened to the prequel trilogy, which is the Thrawn Ascendancy books. And I've now gone back and I'm listening to the core like the in-canon Thrawn trilogy of books as well. I'm on the third book of that, so I'll have gone through all six Thrawn books by the time this is over. And I do understand there's a lot of Thrawn character development in Rebels as well, even though really these books are also set within that time period, which is really weird. So you get some references to Rebels, so I kind of understand a few of the plot lines, let's say, but yeah. Anyway, really, really like the character of Thrawn. He's one of those, like anti-heroes to a certain respect and i've actually grown to really like this character and what he's bringing to the star wars universe and i'm hoping that that translates into live action quite well i don't want him to be just this like malicious villain because him as a tactician and the the reasonings behind him doing things and even his connection back to the chiss ascendancy as well is really really interesting and i would like this is kind of like one of those blue sky ideas but i would like for them to include a lot more about the chiss ascendancy because the the chiss as a people are really really interesting and it would be nice to be able to see that translated onto screen as well but uh, i doubt that they will do that within like the limited run of a series let's say but uh, it would be really interesting to be able to see Moving on though, now there's also been a few other panels for many of the other shows, so things like the cast of the Skeleton Crew and also the Acolyte also made an appearance. It was actually revealed that the Acolytes will be appearing in sometime in 2024, we actually got a few more details about the show. The series will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. A former Padawan reunites with her Jedi Master to investigate a series of crimes, but discovers the forces they confront are more sinister than they ever anticipated. Attendees at the event also got to be able to see some footage from the series as well, and whilst this hasn't been released online, much like the very first preview for Ahsoka, it's actually received a lot of positive comments from many people online so i'm looking forward to hopefully kind of finding if someone's filmed a little bit of it so i can try and check that out i did see some like behind the scenes filming of a couple of other things as well so i'm looking forward to finding out more about those but a lot of those many people can't really talk about at the moment because a lot of it hasn't been confirmed and some of these could just be fakes and things like that but uh, the one for uh, acolyte sounds really really good actually another panel that's also been on this past weekend was the panel for the clone wars 15th anniversary as well and it was actually announced during that panel that tales of the jedi would be returning for a second season i really enjoyed the first season of that like expanding on store stories already within the star wars universe it was really interesting to be able to see those translated to screen so really looking forward to checking out what they've got coming in a second season for that it was revealed that andor is currently halfway through filming its second season is expected to release sometime in august of 2024 and we also found out about three new star wars movies which are currently in development the first of which is these were all working titles by the way is dawn of the jedi and we'll explore the origins of the jedi and their connection to the force the next will be a movie that will culminate many of the stories from the tv series including the mandalorian the book of boba fett ahsoka and it will be directed by dave filoni 
it's not really known yet whether this will be set kind of directly after season three of the mandalorian or even if there could be a, a fourth or even a fifth series of the mandalorian in development before the movie could even be released so looking forward to finding out more about that i kind of hope that the mandalorian will go for more seasons first though so it will we'll have to wait and see we've we've still got ahsoka yet we've also still got skeleton crew which is still set in that same sort of time period as well so i'm not sure whether this will culminate that story and i'm hoping that this isn't going to be the end of star wars tv series because if they're going to be culminating these stories is it that they're going to then retire these stories? I, I'm, I'm not sure, but it would ni be nice to be able to carry on with The Mandalorian and Grogu for a little while longer at the very least. And finally, the last film that we found out about was a new movie that's going to be set after the rise of skywalker more specifically 15 years after the rise of skywalker and it will feature daisy ridley returning to the star wars universe as a jedi master training a new age of jedi and the film again this is a working title title will be called new jedi order and i'm actually really looking forward to this there's a lot of people that maybe didn't like the way the sequel trilogy worked out or they maybe didn't like certain things that had happened or maybe certain films even Personally, for me, when I saw uh, The Last Jedi, I felt that that was the weakest film of the lot. Many people say it was the strongest film. But for me, it was more that whole, it's just a giant space race at the end of the day. But it, that was just my personal opinion. The, the plot of the film was still really good regardless, and it still really moved that story on. But it was just my, my personal least, least favourite out of the lot, let's say. But what I'm trying to get to is that I still am really looking forward to them continuing this story. The The Rise of Skywalker was the end of the Skywalker saga. That nine films, the Skywalker saga, the story of the Skywalker family, that has now ended. And it's nice to be able to know that we're going past that now. We're continuing the, with the story of the Jedi as we last found them after episode nine. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with this film. And I think it'll actually be really good. It's nice that they brought back Daisy Ridley as Rey Skywalker to be able to continue this legacy, let's say. Also at Star Wars Celebration, Indiana Jones joined their fellow Lucasfilm Productions to showcase a new trailer for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which is due in theatres on June 30th. However, before that, it will be actually premiering at the Cannes Film Festival on May 18th. I watched this trailer yesterday, I think it was, and... It looks really good, but he is looking really old now. But the story looks really, really interesting. So it's, I'm kind of in two minds about it. I'm like, is it just going to be Harrison Ford looking old on screen, trying to pretend to be like young Harrison Ford again? Or is this going to be the story that Indiana Jones fans have been waiting for since the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? So I'm hoping it's going to be the latter it looks funny, it looks like it's going to be full of action, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes. Let's move on to some quick stories now. Joe Early has been named president of direct-to-consumer for Disney Entertainment. He was previously the president of Hulu and now will oversee Hulu and Disney+. Plus. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania has been confirmed to be available for digital purchase starting April 18th, with a physical release following on May 16th. A streaming release has not yet been confirmed, similar to Avatar Way of the Water, which actually I've started watching. I've been watching it like half an hour or hour increments so far. I'm just over halfway through, so no spoilers at the moment. I have really done well with staying away from spoilers, so I'm looking forward to finishing that one off. It'll probably be 
I don't know, next day or two, I'll probably end up finishing that. So, uh, yeah, really enjoying that one at the moment. The ad-supported tier of Disney Plus is now available for Roku users. The rollout was delayed due to a dispute between the companies over money, and many have assumed that this is likely due to ad revenue that will be generated from its users. Sugar Road to D-Day, which features the BTS star traveling the world in search of inspiration for his upcoming solo album, has been announced it will be available on Disney Plus on April 21st. Disney's Searchlight Pictures is developing a brand new film called Odessa, which is going to be an original rock opera that's set in a post-apocalyptic future where a farm girl goes on an epic quest to recover a cherished family heirloom. Her journey leads her to a strange and dangerous city where she meets her one true love. But in order to save his soul, she must put the power of destiny and song to the ultimate test. It's already been announced that Sadie Sink, Kelvin Harrison Jr. and Murray Barlett will star in the movie. Disney has announced its brand new original film Crater, which will debut on Disney Plus on May 12th. Crater is the story of Caleb Channing, who was raised on a lunar mining colony and is about to be permanently relocated to an idyllic faraway planet following the death of his father. But before leaving to fulfill his dad's last wish, he and his three best friends, Dylan, Borny, and Marcus, and new arrival from Earth, Addison, hijack a rover for one final adventure on a journey to explore a mysterious crater. Disney has released a trailer for the second season of Taste the Nation with Padma Lakshmi, which is due to release on Hulu in the US and Disney Plus internationally on May 5th. We also got a teaser this past week for the upcoming Muppets Mayhem TV show, which has been announced it will debut on Disney Plus on May 10th. The teaser only shows a few flashes of footage and it shows the band on stage and like a small concert hall, but it looks really, really fun. I'm looking forward to this one. We need more Muppets on Disney Plus. Let's just, we need it on more, more Muppets all together. We need more Muppets in the parks, more Muppets on Disney Plus. We just need more Muppets all together. We got a new trailer for Elemental the other week, and it actually shows more of the story between Ember and Wade in the film, and it really gives me these inside-out vibes. I think I've said that a few times already, but I'm really looking forward to this one, and it's going to be in theatres on June 16th. Disney has announced a new four-part British drama called Shardlake, based on the Tudor mystery novels. Matthew Shardlake is a lawyer with an acute sense of justice, one of the few honest men, in a world beset with scheming and plots. Shardlake works for Thomas Cromwell, the dangerous and all-powerful right-hand man to Henry VIII. Despite Shardlake's unwavering loyalty to Cromwell and the Crown, his position in society is unfavoured due to his appearance, as a person living with scoliosis during the Tudor period, suffering with the indignity of being abused as a crookback wherever he turns. National Geographic has announced a small light based on an inspiring true story. Meep Geis was young, carefree and opinionated at a time where opinions got you killed when Otto Frank asked her to help hide his family from the Nazis during World War II. Without hesitation, Meep agreed, and for the next two years, she and her daring and devoted husband, Jan, with several other everyday heroes, watched over the Frank, Van Pels, and Pfeiffer families, hiding in a secret annex. Not a Disney Plus-related story this one, but still a Marvel property nonetheless. We got a new trailer this past week for Sony's animated Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and this one actually looks really good, and I'm looking forward to this one. I really enjoyed the first film, so I'm looking forward to this one as it explores more of the 
the multiverse and the Spider-Verse. And there's even some references directly to the MCU within this one. So I'm looking forward to finding out more about it. In other Marvel news, we got a new trailer for Secret Invasion, along with the announcement that it will debut on Disney Plus on June 21st. It actually looks like it's going to be quite a dark and like really gritty series, this one. So I'm looking forward to this one when it comes out on Disney+. Plus. Liv Tyler has announced that she'll be returning to Marvel as Betty Ross for the first time since The Incredible Hulk in the upcoming Captain America New World Order. We also received some new casting announcements for the new live-action Lilo and Stitch this past week with the announcement that newcomer Mia Kailoa, I think that's how you say that, will star as Lilo in the movie. The film is also set to star Galifranakis as well. We also found out about another live action movie that's in development this past week. Over on YouTube and social media, Dwayne Johnson announced that a live action Moana movie is currently in development. And whilst he didn't outright state it, it appears that uh, how he's worded the announcement that he will be reprising his role as Maui in the movie. And also, in fact, IMDb states that he will be reprising his role as well. So usually they're quite accurate with these sorts of predictions. And seeing as he announced it, it kind of makes sense that he will be returning to that role. Rick Riordan recently took to his personal blog to provide an update on the upcoming Daughter of the Deep film. In the update, he said, As I previously reported, my homage to Jules Verne's Captain Nemo adventures is being developed for live-action feature film at Disney+. My co-writer, Aditi Kapil, and I recently finished the script, which is now with our development partners at Gotham Group. Once we get their notes and make the last few tweaks, we'll send it to the studio and see what they think. The revision process can be long and complicated, as I mentioned above, but I think we're in a good shape so far. The script will have to be finished and approved, though, before we move on to the next steps, like finding a director and then casting. Stay tuned, though. And I've actually read Daughter of the Deep. I actually really, really enjoyed it. I think I got it on an offer through Kindle, I think it was. But I read it to my daughter as part of Bedtime Stories. And I don't know about my daughter. I actually really enjoyed the story. It was really, really interesting to me the way that they were able to develop these characters and build upon this kind of older like universe that's already been created. And like, like he says within this, he's kind of paying homage to Captain Nemo and the Jules Verne stories, let's say and it works really really well and i'm looking forward to seeing where they go with the book series i'm wanting there to be another book coming soon so i can carry on reading this one to my daughter at the moment we're going through all of the harry potters between bedtime stories between both kids and eventually they'll end up reading them themselves so i don't really mind them reading one one night one another night and the kind of missing bits they don't really understand that it's more about the the experience of the bedtime story routine but i really enjoyed reading daughter of the deep to my daughter specifically and uh, yeah i'm just looking forward to uh, finding out more about the film and also the rest of the universe and for the final story this past week it's been revealed that a new eight-part series is in development called rivals which is based on the rutcher chronicles we actually got the full casting announcement as well so just bear with me whilst i list these off it's been announced that david tennant alex hazel Aidan Turner, Nefessa Williams, Bella McLean, Catherine Parkinson, Danny Dyer, Victoria Smurfit, Claire Rushbrook, Oliver Chris, Lisa McGriffith, Emily Attack, Rufus Jones, Luke Pasqualino, and Catriona Chandler will star in the ensemble cast. The series dives headfirst into the ruthless world of independent television in 1986, which is actually the year that I was born, in the fictional county of Rutshire, where a long-standing rivalry between two powerful men is about to boil over. 
Alex Hazel plays dashing ex-Olympian and Tory member of parliament, and also in Kurgvor Rake, the dangerously charismatic Robert Campbell Black. David Tennant plays Rupert's single-mindedly ambitious and egotistical rupture neighbour, Lord Tony Babington, controller of Corinium Television. A long-simmering power struggle between them threatens to boil over when the two men lock horns over the future of Corinium. Caught in the crossfire is TV presenter Declan O'Hara, fiercely intellectual with an even fiercer temper. He was wooed to Corinium TV from the BBC by Babbingham himself, but feels he's been swindled when Tony refuses to deliver on his promises. Furious with Tony, Declan vows to get his revenge. That actually sounds like a really interesting series. I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out more about this as it nears towards its release. And that's about it for this week's news. It's been a bit of a mouthful to try and get all of it out, but what are you most excited for? Let me know over on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club, or even over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord, or over in the Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone Facebook group. Now, though, I am going to take a brief break and then we'll be back with what's new and coming soon to Disney Plus this next week. What are some of the most popular songs played on Sorcerer Radio? We'll find out every Monday morning on the SRN Top 10 at 8 a.m. Eastern. Vote for your favorite Disney song on the Sorcerer Radio app by pressing the vote button on the bottom part of the screen. That's the SRN Top 10 on Sorcerer Radio. All Disney music all day long. SRSounds.com. So what's new and what's coming soon to Disney Plus this next week? Well, over this past couple of weeks, of course, I've had plenty of time to be able to watch things over on Disney Plus. I've actually been watching a lot of like The Mandalorian and The Bad Batch, but also some other things as well. I've been really enjoying The Mandalorian. There was that one episode which was very much on Coruscant that was kind of like my least favourite out of the bunch. It wasn't a bad episode by any means. I was, I'm thinking it's setting up more of the... the, like, the wider season like the villainous side as a whole and i'm hoping it's going to provide some backstory to something that's going to happen later in the season let's say but apart from that i'm really enjoying seeing more of the mandalorian culture and them interacting with each other and i'm like really liking the story of bo-katan Kreese as well i know that this is about mando and grogu but i feel like we've given a bo-katan a, a lot more of character development in this season so i'm looking forward to seeing where her journey unfolds let's say especially after this most recent episode and there were some brilliant guest stars in this most recent episode we got to see and, and again i'm not going to spoil anything but we got to see christopher lloyd and jack Pla jack black of all people in the most recent episode so it was really interesting to see them play the types of characters that they played and Jack Black basically just played Jack Black. <laughs> I don't think you can really describe it any other way, but it was really funny to be able to see him come on screen. I was like, that's Jack Black. And just hearing him speak, it was just like, yeah, he's just playing the sort of character that you would expect him to play. But Christopher Lloyd's character was really, really good. He didn't get a lot of screen time, let's say, but the bit of screen time that he did get was a really good for the character that he played. So, yeah, really, really excited to be able to see that episode. I might even go back and watch it before this next episode because it was uh, it was kind of one of my favourite of the series so far, let's say. 
whilst I've been off, we also got the end of The Bad Batch Season 2, which really ended on a cliffhanger as well. I'm really enjoying this series, so I'm looking forward to seeing it return probably now next year, so I'm going to have to have a refresher before then. There were some big developments in these final few episodes, some of which I'm hoping were fake-outs, because I'm really hoping that that's not how that particular storyline is going to finish let's say again i'm being really vague because i don't want to spoil it for anyone if you want to be able to watch it yourself but one of the main cast gets into a particular situation let's say and it will be interesting to see how that storyline wraps itself up and if it will stay the way that it's been left with that's the only thing i can say without making it like really obvious what what's happened so yeah i'm uh, I'm looking forward to finding out more, let's say, and it did really leave us on a huge cliffhanger, and it makes you think what is going to happen in this next season, so yeah, looking forward to finding out more about that. But also, whilst I've been off, we've got the latest season of Doogie Camiolo at MD Season 2, and I was surprised to see this come out all at once, if I'm honest, because the first season was very much, we got one episode a week, like much like The Mandalorian where we got a single episode a week until the series was concluded. And I'm hoping that this isn't a sign of things to come, because with other seasons that... Sorry, sorry, other series that did this, where they released the entire second season all at once, they've not survived. And we got the second season of this all at once, and I've been binge-watching it. Me and my wife have got through to episode eight after like only starting it a few nights ago because we've been enjoying it that much i really enjoy the story of doogie and seeing the the challenges that i, I keep saying doogies uh lahela i keep i'm really enjoying the story of lahela and the the challenges that she faces being this child prodigy and the how it makes her interact with the world around her not only with like with other people within the hospital but also other people of her own age as well and the challenges that she faces being this the smartest person in the room basically most of the time and the most recent episode we watched which was episode eight i think it was i say we've only got a couple of episodes left it really really showcases that firsthand and makes it really obvious that she's she's been left with this challenge throughout her life from being I don't know, seven years old in high school, let's say, of being so smart and trying to fit into that world, but also then trying to prove herself to people that were maybe making fun of her for being so young in the first place. So it was, it, that particular one was a really interesting episode, but I'm enjoying the wider story for this season as well. And I'm enjoying the journey that she's taking towards these final few episodes. So again, we've got a couple of episodes left. We'll probably finish that tomorrow evening because i say sunday nights are things to do like what we want to be able to put on tv like my wife will watch something on her ipad i'll play a game this that, and the other but uh yeah tomorrow night i think we'll probably end up finishing that one we also got a few other things whilst i've been off from recording as well we got journey to the center of the earth and also the crossover as well which i've been really looking forward to seeing this one i'd, I'd committed to being able to try and read the book before its release didn't happen so uh, yeah i failed on that one but i'm really looking forward to checking this one out over on disney plus but what have we got to look forward to this next week well starting on wednesday we'll be getting the debut of renovations where behind the big screen jeremy renner is a construction veteran with a passion for purchasing and reimagining huge vehicles with the help of his connections in the worldwide fabrication culture with his best friend and business partner 
partner Rory Milkin, I think that's how you say that, and an all-star build crew, Renner travels the globe to reimagine decommissioned vehicles and rebuild them to serve a new purpose, such as turning a tour bus into a mobile music studio, a delivery truck into a mobile water treatment facility, and a shuttle bus into a mobile recreation centre. Sorry, just heard my son laughing in the background then. Now, I'm really looking forward to checking out this series. It sounds really, really interesting. Kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, Extreme Makeover for some reason, but, like, helping out communities, let's say. But, yeah, looking forward to this one when it arrives on Wednesday. On Wednesday, we'll also be getting the seventh episode of the third season of The Mandalorian as well. Over in the US on Wednesday, you'll be getting five episodes of Kiff, five episodes of Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, season five of Critter Fixers, Country Vets, and also It's All Right, which is the story of Pedro, a young law student who dreams of becoming a music star. Pedro meets Anna by chance, and with her by his side, the road to success seems possible. But soon, Pedro is faced with a choice between going after his dream of becoming successful or having a life full of music and good vibes with Anna. Over here in the UK, the only things that we'll be getting is NCIS Season 20, Episode 13, NCIS Hawaii Season 2, Episode 13, and also Will Trent Season 3. On Thursday here in the UK, though, we will be getting the Kardashian special, Till Death Do Us Part, where Courtney and Travis and their guests enjoy a luxurious wedding weekend in Portofino, Italy. Private and personal footage from the event reveal an intimate family event full of beautiful moments. Moving on to Friday in the US, the only thing currently scheduled is Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, where for the first time in nearly 95 years, Oswald starts in an all-new hand-drawn short from Walt Disney Animation Studios in celebration of Disney 100 Years of Wonder. You actually might recall that this was previously released on YouTube, where I actually think it's still available if you want to check it out before it's released over on Disney+. Plus. And that's about it for this next week. What are you most looking forward to, of course? Let me know over on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club. Plus being the word plus, of course. Or over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord. Or over in the Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone Facebook group. I am going to take another brief break now and then we'll be back with the Weekly Movie Club. Are you a park opener? Maybe you love the smell of pirate water. Here at Three Cheeky Chicks Wax Company, we're a little sweet on Gaston, and we think you might be too. Bring these magically inspired scents to your home, or it could be off with your head. Magically scent your world at magicallyscented.com. Sorcerer Radio listeners, be sure to use the code SOR20 to get 20% off your next magically scented order. Hi, it's Jeff Davis here on Sorcerer Radio. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for DW60. We'll start things off with Press Row as we talk about some of the top news stories from the Walt Disney World Resort. And, of course, there's always rumors floating around, and I'll cover them during the rumors of the week. And I'll be reading your emails during email time. As always, I'll be playing some of your favorite Disney music from around the Walt Disney World Resort. If you missed the show, catch the replay that evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can always catch up on the news of the week during DW60's Press Row Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. It's DW60 with me, Jeff Davis, here on Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music all day long, srsounds.com.
Now it's time for the Weekly Movie Club. And as I mentioned earlier, this past few weeks' movie has been The Princess Diaries. So if you've never seen The Princess Diaries before, this is your spoiler warning. If you don't want to be spoiled, pause the show, watch the film, and then come back and join us for the rest of the podcast. Now with the spoiler warning out of the way, let's get right into the movie. Mia Thermopolis is a student at Grove High School, living with her single mother, Helen, at a refurbished firehouse in San Francisco. Unpopular among her peers, Mia suffers from a fear of public speaking, while harbouring a crush for Joss Bryant, and is often teased for this by his popular girlfriend, Lana Thomas. Mia's only friends are social outcast Lily Muscovitz and Lily's older brother, Michael, who secretly harbours feelings for her. Mia learns from her estranged paternal grandmother, Clarice, that she is the sole heir to the European Kingdom of Genovia, having inherited the throne from her recently deceased father, Philippe. Clarice is determined to groom Mia into a refined princess, so that she may one day rule the kingdom over which Clarice currently presides. Overwhelmed by the discovery, Mia initially refuses until Helen convinces her to attend her grandmother's princess lessons on the condition that she need not make her final decision until the Genovian Independence Day Ball in three weeks' time. Mia receives a glamorous makeover and a limousine chauffeured by Joe, the Queen's head of security and confidant, who becomes a father figure to her. Mia's transformation causes her schoolmates to treat her differently, whilst her increasingly hectic schedule strains her relationship with Lily. To appease her best friend, Mia tells Lily the truth and swears her to secrecy. However, the public soon learns that Mia is a princess after the secret is sold to the press by Paolo, the hairdresser responsible for Mia's makeover, and the paparazzi begin to pursue her relentlessly. Although Mia embarrasses herself at her first state dinner, the Queen admits that she found her clumsiness endearing and suggests that they spend quality time together, cancelling their lessons for the following afternoon. Whilst bonding, Clarice explained that although Mia's parents loved each other, they divorced amicably in order to pursue their own passions, Philippe remaining in Genovia to eventually become king, and Helen returning to America with Mia to offer her a normal childhood. As Mia's popularity grows, Josh invites her to attend a beach party with him. Mia accepts, causing her to neglect Lily and forgo her plans with Michael. The paparazzi ambushes Mia at the beach party, and Josh kisses Mia in front of the paparazzi to get his 15 minutes of fame, whilst Lana helps the paparazzi photograph Mia wearing only a towel. Both photographs are printed in the newspaper the following day. Finding the photos inappropriate for a princess, Clarice admonishes Mia for her behaviour, after which a humiliated Mia promises to renounce her title. Joe reminds Clarice that Mia is still both a teenager and her granddaughter, suggesting that the Queen reacted too harshly. After making amends with Lily, Mia finally stands up to Lana for bullying a schoolmate. Mia then invites both Lily and Michael to the ball, but Michael declines, still heartbroken over Mia's initial dismissal. After Clarice apologises to Mia for scolding her, she states that Mia must publicly renounce the throne at the ball. Terrified by the prospect, Mia plans to run away until she discovers a touching letter from her late father and relents. Mia's car malfunctions whilst driving to the ball, stranding her in a downpour until she is retrieved by Joe. When they finally arrive, Mia, still wet and untidy from the rain, accepts her role as Princess of Genovia, while Clarice, Helen and Lily look on proudly. 
After changing into a gown, Mia accompanies Clarice into the ballroom, where Michael, who has accepted Mia's apology, invites her to dance before proceeding to the courtyard, where they confess their feelings for each other and share their first kiss. In the final scene, Mia is shown travelling to Genovia on a private plane with her pet cat, Fat Louie, and writes in her diary that she plans to relocate to Genovia with her mother. The Princess Diaries was released on August 3rd, 2001, with a budget of $26 million. It then went on to make $165.3 million at the box office. The film is loosely based on Meg Cabot's 2000 young adult novel of the same name, and was actually Anne Hathaway's first full feature film. Cabot's agent believed that the first Princess Diaries book had a strong film potential, and pursued film producer Deborah Martin Chase, who had recently co-produced the television film Rogers and Hammersmith's Cinderella in 1997, about adapting the book into a film due to their similar rags-to-riches and Cinderella-type theme. Chase enjoyed the book and convinced Disney to adapt the novel into a feature-length production. Disney chairman Peter Schneider optioned the project in an effort to re-establish the Disney brand for live-action family films, and Cabot was thrilled to learn that Disney was interested in her book, the film rights for which the studio paid her $4,000 for. Cabot recalled that Disney's decision to adopt the Princess Diaries resulted in her getting promoted in her own job, prior for which she had struggled to convince publishers to publish her novel, and the content for which some found inappropriate for some, re- some readers. In August 1999, the film was greenlit by Disney, who agreed to produce it with singer Whitney Houston's Brown House Productions. At this time, Cabot's manuscript was forwarded to potential screenwriters. The Princess Diaries was actually Houston's first feature film production venture, and her studio's second film after Rogers and Hammersmith's Cinderella. Though Cabot didn't write the screenplay herself, she worked closely with Chase to discuss changes that deemed necessary to translate the story from page to to screen, maintaining that, in her words, the essence of the story, or the message of staying true to yourself, still comes through. Despite this, the film differs considerably from the novel. Initially intended to be set in New York, like Cabot's book, the film was originally called The Princess of Tribeca, The title was reverted once the setting was changed to San Francisco, California, and a decision Marshall made because the latter is home to both himself and his granddaughters, to whom the film is dedicated to. Although Mia and Lily remain environmentally and politically conscious, the filmmakers soften some of their more political aspects of their personalities to prevent the film from resembling a political diatribe. Some other aspects of the script were also inspired by Cabot's own childhood, particularly when her mother began dating one of her teachers shortly after her father's death. Despite being consulted about such changes, Cabot preferred to distance herself from the creative process to preserve her own mental health, in fear of compromising her vision for future novels, insisting that the book and the film exist in separate universes. Cabot maintains that she had little creative input in the film, elaborating, I don't think Gary Marshall needs help to make a movie from a novelist who has absolutely no experience in filmmaking. Although Cabot admitted that Disney consulted her before making changes, she described their conversations as more informative than collaborative. Cabot acknowledged that the challenge of adapting a 300-page novel, which she'd written in the form of a diary, into a 90-page screenplay, but she was ultimately satisfied with the final results and Marshall's direction. 
Further adjustments were also made to finesse the script once the cast was finalised. Marshall was constantly conceiving new ways to make the film funnier, as Disney had challenged him to incorporate humour into the G-rated film. Marshall's approach to the film's humour was reminiscent of his television contributions to shows such as Happy Days and The Odd Couple. The original scripts for which he revisited to remind himself how to approach family-oriented comedies. Disney's decision to have Mia's father be deceased in the film is among the most significant deviations from its source material, in which he is both alive and also an integral role in the process. The film producers decided to kill off Mia's father in favour of expanding her grandmother's role, which they had been considering offering to Andrews from the beginning. Upon learning that Disney was interested in casting a big-name actress, such as Andrews, in the role, Cabot approved that Mia's father could be eliminated, much of whose dialogue was rewritten for Mia's grandmother. Anne Hathaway was cast in the lead role of Mia Thermopolis after Juliette Lewis, to whom the part had originally been offered, turned it down. Aged 18 at the time, The Princess Diaries was Hathaway's first major film role, for which she auditioned during a 26-hour layover in Los Angeles whilst travelling to New Zealand to film The Other Side of Heaven, which was released in 2001. Her only prior acting credit had been the short-lived television series Get Real. Hathaway was reportedly very nervous during her audition, to the point to which she fell out of her chair. Her inherent clumsiness is credited with impressing Marshall for the role. To help Hathaway feel more comfortable on set, many of its props belong to the actress's family. Mia's photograph of her late father is actually a photograph of Hathaway's own father, Gerald Hathaway. Julie Andrews, who'd been semi-retired from acting at the time, was cast as Clarice, Mia's grandmother and also Queen of Genovia. Director Gary Marshall personally invited Andrews to discuss the film with him, and Andrews actually identified the director as the hook that convinced her to accept the role. Having been a long-time fan of his work, she accepted the role based solely on her conversation with Marshall, without actually reading the script. Actor Hector Elizondo, who played Joe, Mia's limousine driver and also Clarice's head of security, has actually appeared in all 18 films that Marshall has directed. Filming took place between September and December of 2001. It was filmed on stage two at Walt Disney Studios in Burbank, California, the same soundstage on which Mary Poppins, which starred Andrews in the 1960s, was also filmed. The stage has also since later been renamed the Julie Andrews stage in honour of the actress's contributions. Filming also took place at several locations throughout California, with Alverno High School serving as Mia's private school, Grove High School, and also a refurbished fire station named Engine Company No. 43, which was used as Mia and Helen's home. Disney attempted to market the film cleverly to dispel the stigma associated with G-rated films at the time. Prior to introducing the film at the premiere, Marshall encouraged the audience members to chant G is a good rating, deliberately re referencing the lack of G-rated films released that year. A princess-themed tea party was hosted following the screening, with many of the film's cast members in attendance. And that's about it this week. It's actually been a long time since I've watched this film, and I feel like I've watched it now twice within the space of, I think, about a year. We started watching these types of films with both my son and my daughter as part of, like, their Friday after-school movie that they get to be able to watch, and... I actually really enjoyed it. It's, I was shocked when I went back and read all of the information about this that it was Anne Hathaway's like first major like film production because you really can't tell from the way that she brought this role to life. And 
Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. There was a sequel as well, and I believe there's a third film that's currently in development as well, so that'll be really interesting to find out more about as well. But uh, yeah, I think overall it's a really nice family-friendly film. It's a nice live-action, like like they were saying, G-rated film, although I think over here it would be like PG probably. I'm not sure. Anyway, but no, it was, it was just a really good film, and it's one that you can sit down and watch as a family. I didn't realise it was based on a book. I, it might be one that I might have to find out more about, and maybe even it could be one that my daughter could read when she's old enough as well. So looking forward to finding out more about that. As always, I ask over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord, the Fun Zone Facebook group, and also over on my social media for people to be able to share their comments about the film so let's see what you had to say this week sarah over in the discord said i loved this movie growing up one i break out a few times a year for the nostalgia the soundtrack was fantastic too brandon said i've never seen this movie before now but having just watched it i enjoyed it it's a funny movie and tim over on instagram said this isn't a movie that's really interested me until it's come up in the movie club but i have to say that i actually really enjoyed it Thank you everyone for the comments on this week's movie and also for your patience in having to wait a couple of weeks for it. Now it's time to see what the guys over at Diz His had to say about The Princess Diaries. Diz His, Diz His, review. Review. D plus for this week is going to be Princess Diaries. I have had a really busy week this week. Um, you know, it's got a lot going on with, you know, the end of the year testing coming about for my kids and making videos for my, for my grade level team. Uh, so I haven't had a chance to watch this movie. I've never watched this movie, but you guys have. So what do you guys think about it? Chris? Oh, man, I will take it away. Princess Diaries was such a staple movie in my house. That was 2001. So I was six years old. Right. My sister was four. So I don't know if it was when it first came out, we both watched it a lot, but like through our childhood, we watched this movie a lot. We had it on DVD or VHS, whatever it was. And this was just such a fun movie. You have the queen in the movie, but the queen in real life too, Julie Andrews, um, as the uh, queen in the movie, which I just said. Uh, Anne Hathaway, awesome actress, such a fun actress. Uh, Remy and I were talking about this before. This might've been... Anne Hathaway's breakout movie. We're not, I'm not sure, but it, it very well could have been. It was early in her career. Uh, Mandy Moore's in this movie. Her friend Lily in the movie is is hilarious. I always liked her friend a lot. But just the whole premise of this movie, I found like super fascinating and fun when I was younger. That it was just like it was on repeat over and over and over again in my house. So we were talking about like what was Anne Hathaway's breakout movie, and that was her breakout movie. It was. Yeah, wow. was I was looking it so, up as well. Yeah, so Princess Diaries was her was her breakout. What movie was it? movie was after that? Do you know that that she was in Princess uh, Diaries too? The Devil Wears Prada. That was much later. Uh, she was also uh, in the other side of heaven. <laughs> I I gotta show this to my daughter. I haven't showed it to her yet, and uh, oh, I don't know man, what I'm waiting for. This is for. so good. Yeah, she's probably the perfect age. She's like about to be six. She's probably the perfect age. Yeah. And uh, I do. I remember it being a good movie as well. And uh, I haven't seen it probably as much as you, Chris, because I didn't grow up with a sister. Um, right. So I've seen it a few times. And the times I saw it, I thought I thought it was pretty good. I I, I definitely I'm I'm a fan of the of um, rom coms. You can call it. Right? Oh yeah, me too. And uh, so it definitely. I think it was definitely a good movie. The question is. The question is. Does it, Does this actually fall into a Disney rom com? Yeah, I think it does. Sure, yeah, I think it definitely does. It's got a lot of funny parts. It's definitely not trying to be a serious film. It's not supposed to be like, you know, 
it's definitely trying to be comedic and there's definitely a romantic uh aspect as usual i remember the the lead okay hector elizondo mm-hmm. who great you actor. might not know his name great actor well right knows his name i know who he but, is but um him, yeah so if you see his face, you'd know him. I'm pretty sure he played the lead. Uh, he was the lead, like, bodyguard, I guess you'd say, like, Secret Service member. And um, I remember his part just being so awesome. He was such a fun character. Mm-hmm. And, like, he because he was a, such a serious guy. And he took his job so serious. And Joe and uh, Julie Andrews, who's Queen Clarice, she, did they have a thing going on? He just had, like, a, a huge crush on her. Okay. Yeah, right, right, right. And then after, like during the movie, like during the movie, he was like, uh, "Miss Queen, can I have this dance?" And then she actually danced. Right, with him, so. right. Yeah, I just always remember like thinking that was fun. Um, I don't know, man. It was just such a like this. This falls into the category of like one of those fun princessy movies, like Enchanted for me. Yeah, where it's just like they, it's like it's like it's laugh out loud funny. They kind of poke fun at customs that we're used to, um, like they kind of poke fun at the whole royalty thing. Mm-hmm. And they, that's what's so funny about this and so great about this movie is that you can laugh along with them. Uh, it takes it serious, but it takes it not so serious at the same time. I think that's its strength. That's why I like this movie so much. I mean, I mean, just the whole background of that entire film. I mean, it was like, it was filmed in different like countries. Like, I don't know, it, it, like some of it was, some of it was filmed in San Francisco. And then I think the other part where the castle is, I think it was like in like uh like somewhere around Europe, I, I believe. Well, I can tell you it wasn't in Genovia because that's a fake uh country. <laughs> is where this takes place. Which um one of the funny things uh there was a it, the, the the movie resurfaced uh, I guess uh, so to speak during COVID because while all the countries were reporting their COVID numbers. Um, there would be this meme going around saying that Genovia has has not reported any COVID cases yet. They were COVID free. You know, they announced uh, they uh, did uh, announce a Princess Diaries three in development in uh, in January of this year. Super oh, cool. excited about that. Yeah. Make make it make a dozen of them. I don't care. <laughs> make it like <laughs> the Fast and Furious. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so the castle that was filmed in the Princess Diaries it was actually uh, filmed over in. Uh, Salisbury, UK. So that's where the that's where the castle that's where the castle is. Uh, some of it some of it was uh like I said, uh, most of it was filmed in uh San, San Francisco. So that and that's a great that's a great location to, to film movies in. To be honest, oh yeah, part of that yeah, part of that movie magic. You 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 picture you do a fake country like Genovia, and you find just the right spots to film to make Genovia come to life. You want to hear more from Joe, Alex, Jen, and Chris? Just visit DizHiz.com and listen to DizHiz on all podcast platforms. Thank you very much, guys. Remember, you can catch them on Fridays on Sorcerer Radio at 1 p.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern, as well as on all major podcasting platforms, including the Sorcerer Radio website at srsounds.com forward slash DizHiz. Remember, if you want to send me your comments on the Weekly Movie Club each week, you can do so in the Weekly Movie Club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord or on any of my posts on social media at at or forward slash the d plus club or over in the sorcerer radio fun zone facebook group 
For the next weekly movie club, we'll be watching Spider-Man Far From Home. Now, I'm hoping that one's still available over on Disney Plus over in the US. Many of the Sony Spider-Man films have started being released on Disney Plus across the world. This one is available here in the UK. I'm hoping it's still available in the US. And of course, as we're covering the MCU series, I wanted to start including these Spider-Man films as well. So hopefully everyone's able to watch that before the next show. Until then, though, hopefully you have a good week. Thank you very much for tuning in this week, and hopefully you can tune in again next time. Have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye.